Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, December 23rd. We begin with a rundown of a very busy week at City Hall, from discussions surrounding Quebec's Bill 21 to uncertainty now swirling around the event center. We get the latest from Adam McVicker, Global News City Hall reporter. Tis the season for festive gatherings, but how do we keep the peace when seeing friends and family over the holidays, especially if they hold differing viewpoints? We'll get some tips on how to keep things civil at the dinner table from psychologist Dr. Christine Corbett. On the topic of holiday dinners, it can be quite a challenge planning a menu to keep everyone happy, and even more so if you have a vegetarian guest joining you. We get some suggestions to help plan a festive meal with vegetarian options from our resident expert, Mornings with Sue and Andy producer, Reese Schaefer. And finally, the holidays are supposed to be full of joy, but everyone knows the truth. The holidays can be stressful at best and disastrous at worst when it comes to family get-togethers especially. So we speak to the author of a funny new book on the topic called Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. Well, from a vote on funding the legal challenge to Quebec's Bill 21 to the Calgary Flames walking away from the event center deal, It has been a busy week. With details on the latest from City Hall, here's Global News City Hall reporter Adam McVicker. The biggest news out of City Hall this week came rather unexpectedly. Late Tuesday night, Mayor Jody Gondek announcing the flames were pulling out of the deal for the new event centre. Unfortunately, the brakes have been put on it. And it is indicated by Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation that it's come to an end. The sticking point for both sides of the arena deal is increased costs and who should pay for them. $10 million in costs for the Flames for infrastructure and climate mitigation. Both were conditions to the approval of the development permit. Calgary Sports and Entertainment President John Bean says the cost of the arena ballooned to $634 million and it's too expensive to move forward with the added costs. Everyone has mutual alignment here. We'd love to get an event center built. Uh, where, where rubber hits the road is who's going to pay for what. Gondek says the door is still open for discussions. Council holding its last meeting of the year on Monday, passing a notice of motion to support a legal challenge against Quebec's Bill 21. But it won't include public money for now, as council will form a task force to consult with the city's legal and religious communities to determine what its role should be in opposition to the Quebec law, with a report to come in January. The point is to make sure that as a city, not just the corporation. We are sending a clear message that we do not accept Bill 21. A debate on a pay freeze for council was also shut down. Council is set to see a pay bump next year, decided by a formula developed by a committee of citizens. Councillor Dan McLean wanted to freeze the increase at 2020 pay levels. Council hearing a more fulsome discussion is needed on the issue, and that could come next year. For these stories and more, head to globalnews.ca slash Calgary. Reporting from City Hall, Adam McVicker, Global News. Well, the holiday season can bring bring friends and family together with different viewpoints and beliefs. So how do we make sure these joyful gatherings remain peaceful? Joining us this morning with some tips to navigate your holiday parties and gatherings is Dr. Christine Coral, psychologist and founder, director of the Vancouver Anxiety Center. Good morning to you, Dr. Coral. Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for being here. It's a a very interesting time. Uh, That's no surprise to anyone, but we still want to see people that we know and love. So when we run into friends and family with differing uh, views on COVID, what strategies can we use to help set ground rules and, and help keep divisive topics from escalating? Well, it's a good idea to know what your bottom line is before you even get together and know what's comfortable for you and know that you don't have to apologize 
for your comfort level and and you can tell family members i know you're comfortable doing this but i'm not um and really the the person who is the most anxious is probably going to set the tone for the safety precautions that you take and so knowing your bottom line really helps before you go in because once you start arguing with somebody uh, it's easy to, to get thrown off what your game plan was. So so have a clear game plan, and that'll help you stay assertive in the moment. Doctor, do you have any tips for, you know, how to avoid, oh, this is a tough one, taking the bait? I mean, whether it's politics, yeah. whether it's COVID, how do you stop getting sucked into an argument? Well, one thing you can do is actually rehearse quite a lot. And uh, practicing... People who work in customer service do this. The airlines often do call management training, and they have people practice with uh, difficult customers so that they can stay strong. So if you can have someone that you trust that you can practice these strategies with, that's all I've been doing all week with my patients is Uh practicing how to have these conversations where I play the difficult family member and they practice standing up to me. So uh, you want to do your best to stay calm, though, because it's so easy to have your buttons Mm -hmm. So don't worry about being perfect. If if you lose your cool, that's okay. See it as a practice and that's something that you can get better at. And do your best not to get engaged in a power struggle in the first place. So if someone's criticizing you, you can say, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm fine. You know, just don't don't, don't, uh, try and argue. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I think back to, for example, this is a crude example, like the Karate Kid. And the best fighting technique is to not get in a fight in the first place. Mm. But I'm wondering, exactly. is, yep. is there a way to gracefully exit, a way to, you know, kind of, you know, maybe turn things around that we can use? Or, or should we simply physically get out of the situation in a calm manner? Well, yes. If you find that you can't uh, keep your cool, a lot of people come to me and they want help to figure out how they can keep things calm but have people happy about the boundaries that they're setting. And there's no guarantee that the other person that you're dealing with is going to be happy about you setting boundaries. In fact, if they're used to getting their way with you, you can actually get a little bit of a a pushback that's even stronger than you might expect. So I prepare people for that pushback and say, you know, this is getting heated. I think, you know, it's just best if we take a timeout. Uh, I love you very much. See you next. see See you next week. I like that and see you next week. Is that, would that be then, you know, maybe a a one-liner or a phrase we can use? Or do you have a couple of those that maybe if you're feeling like you're under attack or you're just trying to get out of a situation, do you have some that you use or share with your patients to to always just kind of have at the ready to just throw out there and get you out of the situation? That's that's a great way to do it because it helps you think, sometimes it's hard to think on the spot. So I usually work with my patients to find the, uh, phrase that works best for them that feels natural. So, uh, you know, if somebody's criticizing you, well, actually there was a, a, an interview I saw with RuPaul once and, uh, and he has a lot of Ru- one-liners, like, I don't know, I don't see how that's any of your business or I'll be the judge of that, uh, that, that he uses. So that's very natural for him. Um, you know, when somebody criticizes you saying fair enough is good or thanks for the information or, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. They're all kind of good one-liners. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you can use a joke and say, you know, I'm, you know, I love that you always see the bright side yeah. of things too. You have to be careful with humor though, because it can go sideways. But uh, if you know the person well enough and they're getting a little hot under the collar, but generally reasonable and have a good sense of humor, then humor is one of the best ways to de-escalate a, a tense situation. Mm-hmm. Dr. Carl, when you're talking to uh, you know clients, for example. Do you uh, think it's important to underscore? And I guess we, we can share with our audience here and our listeners 
that this happens in basically every family, that your family's not oh, special yeah. and you're not dysfunctional? <laughs> oh, no. You know, that's one of the reasons I have a new blog on Parents Canada. So a lot of the tips that I have, I wrote in the, in the, the blog article that I just put up because I say this every year and all December, all I do are these sessions with people where we role play. So if you can start, you know, now for next year, uh, that'll be helpful. Um, there's a book I get people to read too uh, called Biff by Bill Eddy, uh, E-D-D-Y. It, it stands for Brief, Informative, Friendly, and Firm. So it's overkill for most families. It's about how to deal with the most challenging people, people who really don't want to reason with you. But it still gives you the language when you're dealing with people where, where you know, it's just sort of usual family conflict and you just want to de-escalate it a little bit. But yeah, it's everybody. Great advice for sure. Was that parentscanada.com then we could go to look? Yes, parentscanada.com. And you look for my name, Christine Coral, K-O-R-O-L. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. Wonderful tips. I have no doubt they're going to come in handy over the holidays. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. Dr. Christine Coral, psychologist and founder director of the Vancouver Anxiety Center. All right, do you have a vegetarian or a vegan in your life? What adjustments can you make to your holiday feast to fit in the entire family and their needs and wants? Our producer and our resident vegetarian, Reese Schaefer, has some tips to help you plan your meal for the vegetarians in your life. Hello again, Reese. Good morning again. We played your favorite Christmas mm-hmm. song, and now we're talking about this because, I mean, there. I think there are a lot of people out there, whether you consider yourself vegetarian or vegan, a lot of people want to do sort of meat-free nights occasionally. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody in your family and you want to have them over for the holidays, are there things that you can do to kind of fit everybody in and make everybody happy and have a great meal at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Like you were just saying, there's so many options now for vegetarians and vegans. Like if you just take like your mashed potatoes, standard Christmas meal, everyone has nice mashed potatoes. Use oat milk. You have base cell has like oat based margarine now, lots of different options to make a real simple dish vegetarian or vegan, and you won't notice any difference. Okay. Swiss chalet gravy, that's actually vegetarian. Really? Yeah. Ooh, and I love so it. So you can you just mean, whip it up in the packet. But yeah. you mean, I'm sorry, interrupting. Do you mean the gravy or the sauce? Because I'm a super Swiss chalet fan. They do have a gravy, but they also have the Swiss chalet right. chalet sauce. Their gravy is vegetarian. Gravy. Same with New York fries. Their gravy is vegetarian too, so it's very easy to make a delicious gravy for your holiday feast. Okay. And I don't really miss turkey that much. Are there fake turkeys that are actually good? I haven't run into one yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I tried a tofurkey or yeah. some sort of and? fake, horrible turkey. Not and good. I don't like tofu enough to even give it a real chance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I tried a few bites, and it did not go so well. So, so don't so. try and fake it. Just no. find other delicious things. And that's what I think it is. It's all about the sides when you're a vegetarian. Okay. It's all about having all your favorite sides. So, I mean, your stuffing, easily made vegetarian, just you don't put it in a turkey and you use uh-huh. some vegetable broth. It's super easy to do. So we have our turnip casserole that we do in my house and we're doing vegetables like Brussels sprouts and carrots and it's just all the sides. Because, I mean, when you look at your Christmas plate, the, the turkey is a very small portion of mm-hmm. it. Everything else is all about the sides. So I don't recommend trying to actually replace the turkey because you're going to be disappointed. Right. That's fair. Let's yeah. talk about your history because I would think that because Christmas and the holiday season is so much because it's a social aspect based on food and sharing food. Mm. Would this, in your opinion, be a good time to start or do you want to start more so in earnest, earnest uh, through the year because... 
this is like there's the Super Bowl of eating, and it might be a lot to take on to make that kind of a switch. It depends on your family. Like, my mom is going to eat vegetarian this Christmas. and she But did, she's not a vegetarian. She's not a vegetarian. Okay. But she's open to it, and she has been kind of opening herself up more to it recently as well since I've become vegetarian. It's been about two years or something. But, yeah, she's making a real effort to make those little adjustments mm-hmm. to our dishes that we love already so we can still have those traditional Christmas dishes we love and just with a few tweaks, make them vegan or vegetarian. You're very much like, uh, your family's very much like Jim then. Jim says, uh, this is hilarious, a real-life vegetarian. <laughs> I am not one, but my wife is, and now I'm in a vegetarian challenge over Christmas, so no turkey for me. Oh, so yeah. you're saying you can have the turkey, Jim. You just kind of keep it to the side and make yeah. the other good, delicious sides yeah. to fill the plate. Exactly. Just with a, a few tweaks, you get those vegan butters and milks and different things. Those are the base ingredients for a lot. And just just avoid the, the turkey. It's very easy to do, I, I think, at least. Okay, a lot of people love the sweets through the holidays. Mm. So I'm wondering about... And it's interesting because I never would have thought when you mentioned like the gravy, for example, like you have to really make sure there's no, uh, typically a non-vegetarian thinks, well, it's not a hunk of meat. Right. So it should be fine. Yeah. So to be a true vegetarian, how does that spill over into desserts? Mm. What sorts of like desserts or pastries or cakes? Is there things we should be considering if we have a vegetarian at our table? Yeah, definitely. You can make a few adjustments to those desserts and stuff. I actually, last year I bought my mom a vegetarian cookbook, so I'm hoping that this year she's going to have some delicious vegetarian desserts for us because, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what we all hope for. Is some of those cookies and stuff are very easy to make mm-hmm. vegan or vegetarian. Vegetarian's a little bit easier than making stuff vegan sometimes. But as one, this one texter was saying, what suggestions for protein substitutes yes. do we have for, like, diabetics? Chickpeas are great. So we make, like, a chickpea bean salad that goes with your meal is Fantastic, or adding that in with like some kale and different things like that. So really boosting up those salads with their protein content, kind of making know, them a little bit you better. You didn't really excite me with didn't kale. Ex- no, didn't excite you with kale. No, no. All right. Well, we'll we'll try to see how we can entice you, Sue. But I, I don't I know like how the other stuff you mentioned. The other stuff's good, and I mean, all those traditional Christmas meals are just you miss them when you're a vegetarian if yeah. you don't try to make those adjustments. So it's been a real challenge a little bit trying to, I've been vegetarian now for about two years, a little less. What did turkey ever do to you? Well, <laughs> when I was a kid, I remember being attacked by a Canada goose. Oh, really? I, I do, is that I, what started this? I, I, it isn't what started it, but it did come to memory when I thought of it a minute That's ago. Funny. But yeah, those Canada goose are very vicious. Uh, I'm wondering though, because you say we've gone a long, uh, a long way and a, a friend of mine who was a, a vegetarian, I said, I'm going to try it for a week. Mm-hmm. And I said, I found these great products, these meat substitutes and this is like uh, eight years ago maybe and she said yeah the one thing you'd want to do is not go for the substitutes having said that in 2021 the beyond meat product i think it's pretty good yeah, so yeah. Good beef side yeah. so i'm wondering do you like those as a vegetarian sorry andy yeah. Yeah, I do. They're the Beyond Meat yeah, sausages yeah, they're and okay, their burgers good. and different things. Delicious. They got the good stuff. Yeah. So I'm wondering, because you say that the tofurkey, we don't want to, you know, and that's mm-hmm. an actual brand, but they can't really do turkey yet. Can they do chicken? Is there a good chicken substitute? There is. I went to KFC yesterday for dinner, and they have a, a plant-based. Stop uh, it. Really? Yeah, plant-based um, chicken sandwich. It is fantastic. You wouldn't guy. even know the difference. I mean, to be fair, I haven't had actual chicken now in over a year and a half. <laughs> so anything tastes good. So it all tastes good. Maybe I just forget what chicken tastes like, but I still thought it was so the delicious. Chicken. The so chicken. You don't, if you don't want to do a turkey, you could get the gravy that's vegetarian yeah. friendly and get a, a, a chicken substitute and maybe yeah. do that avenue. And I was at um, No Frills this week looking to gain my Christmas 
supplies and everything. Mm -hmm. And they actually have um, some fake chickenless patties too. So I mean, there are some like it is nice. I picked the right time to become a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my good friends' fiancés, she always gives us a hard time because she's been vegetarian now for like 15 years, and we only came on board once it was easy. Okay. So, but it is. It's easy now. And it, it does seem a little easier than I would have thought. So thank you for kind of sharing all those tips. And what about for vegans, though? That's a whole new ball game, right? It's a little, far more difficult, isn't it? It is a little bit more difficult for vegans. And my girlfriend... vegan, you do not eat anything that is anything to do with an animal product, correct? Exactly. As best you can. I mean... It is difficult. My girlfriend's a vegan. Over the holidays, she kind of you know, is a little bit flexible. And she does go a little bit more vegetarian because it is sometimes those baked goods hard, yeah. and those traditionals that you just you, you crave and you want to have like a box of turtles in, in the night or something Hello, like that. Hello, yeah. you're like right. everyone in the <laughs> world. <laughs> exactly. It's so hard. Uh, well, I mean, options are out there, right? Yeah. And, and like you said, if... The protein is the only part that ch kind of changes. The, yeah. the sides you can enjoy just the way that everybody else normally does. So exactly. just figure out a, 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 an on-the-side piece of protein that, that works for the people in your life who are trying to avoid the turkey. Yeah, it's just making just a, a little effort to make sure everyone gets fed this Christmas. And Sounds I love delicious. Everybody, onto something. Everybody loves the sides. You know it. fill up on those sides for sure. Thanks so much, Reese. Yeah. And you thought your family Christmas was a disaster. Well, you've got nothing on this quirky collection of Yuletide tales from a new book called Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. Author Alex Bernstein joins us now to talk about it. Good morning. How are you, Alex? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. This is super fun. I mean, you know, this, the holidays can be a little stressful, so let's have a, a good little laugh about some of the things that go on at our crazy family get-together. So tell us about these holiday stories you've put together. Sure. So this is a collection of uh, 20 short stories and essays with the common theme that the holidays are a miserable time of year, <laughs> regardless of which ones you celebrate. So the book is non completely non-denominational. Uh, you know, you can celebrate anything and the book will uh, upset you and bring you down as much as anybody else. Uh, non-denominational, but is it fiction or non-fiction? Are these true stories that were passed on to you? Well, some of them are true. Uh, some of them are, are true or at least sprinkled with the truth. And then uh, some of the other pieces are very are, are clearly very made up. So there are some, some pieces in there that are just fantastic. But then there are some ones where I think you'll recognize uh, probably a few people you, you may know in your own lives. Can you give us a bit of an example, Alex? Tell us about one of the stories, maybe a little, a little synopsis from it. Sure. Uh, so one of the one of the more fantastical ones is a story called The Unbreakable Toy. And this is, it's sort of an all-ages story. It's about um, a, a sort of a place that's you know, somewhat a cross between a corporate, a big corporate factory and something like the North Pole. And it's about a, a terrible young toy maker who accidentally creates an unbreakable toy, um, which has never been done before, and then experiences rapid, unbelievable success, which is always bad news. So things just go south from there. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, is part of the issue uh, when you talk about these holidays, these momentous occasions, you know the old saying, if you keep the bar low, you're never going to be disappointed, <laughs> that we have such high <laughs> expectations surrounding holidays, so even the, you know, the, the, the little misstep can, can be such a traumatic experience for us? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's right. I, I mean, you know, I look out my window right now and the decorations have been up already for a week. 
So I think there's just such a tremendous, tremendous buildup to the holidays. And, uh, and, and I will admit that there are parts of the holidays that are quite enjoyable. You know, it's always great to be stuck in traffic, and it's always great to be <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a too crowded mall, you know. And it's always it's good to compete with everybody for your lights. Um, but I do think that some people do experience, uh, you know, a, a bit of melancholy over the holidays. So. For sure. Alex, what's typical at an Alex Bernstein holiday get-together, whether it's with family or friends? What happens there? Well, there's usually way, way, way too much food, I'll tell you that. When I go, when I go to, my, to my in-laws uh, who do a very big Christmas, there's usually like 13 to 14 sets of cookies, and there's a lot of arguing about cookies, and <laughs> there are trees that are... Uh, you know, that are higher than the ceilings of, that, of the rooms are and stuff like that. And I remember, uh, and, I, and I was raised Jewish. I, I'm, I'm one quarter non-Jewish. And, uh, and I was raised Jewish. So it was very uh, exciting and kind of surreal to me when I first went up to my in-laws uh, for Christmas a, a few decades ago. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, let's go make eggnog snowmen. Or, you know, <laughs> where's the figgy pudding? Because I, I didn't know what to expect. It's interesting to me, you've got a comedy background, you're a writer, you're a very creative individual, uh, uh, but this book is just one of, 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 of part of a miserable book series. <laughs> so tell us about this series and tell us about the outlet of writing for somebody like yourself. Why is it important? So there are two other books, there's Miserable Adventure Stories and uh, Miserable Love Stories. And um, yeah, and I don't know, it just seemed to be a common theme in my life that keeps recurring. Um, I originally started writing these pieces. Um, I did do a lot of comedy and I did, you know, some TV and film. Um, but I started writing these stories back in the 90s um, as gifts for people, as it were. So it's very appropriate for the holidays. Um, and don't worry, they, they actually got other things, too. They didn't just get these pieces, um, you know. And so these were given as gifts, but then, but then uh, people started passing them around, and I got a bunch of them published, and, uh, and people said, well, why don't we start collecting them uh, sort of thematically? And a lot of the early ones were all focused on the holidays. So that's kind of how these came about. I love it. Festive failures, and really, you know, everybody thinks their family is, you know, can be the worst, and they've had the worst get-together. Well, perhaps... In one of these stories, they'll find something that's worse than their own experiences. So uh, we'll send people to your website, Alex, alexbernstein.net. They can get the book there, I'm assuming? Yes, they can, absolutely. And and at fine bookstores everywhere. Excellent. Happy holidays to you. And um, as, I don't know, is it good or bad if I say, may you have a miserable holiday? I don't, it's more fodder <laughs> for the next book. I'm not sure. I usually, you can say that to me. I usually tell people, please have not so miserable a holiday this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you so much for joining us. Alex Bernstein, author of Miserable Holiday Stories, 20 Festive Failures That Are Worse Than Yours. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.